Hola, and welcome to another edition of the Gobeski Wallace Report. My name's Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. Today we have two wonderful guests with us, and they'll introduce themselves in whatever order they choose. I am Paul Wilcox. And I am Doug Gobeski. And uh, we're here today to talk about episode 12 in our Merry Marvel Movie March and the first of our Merry Marvel Movie March Madness installments, the 2002 movie Men in Black 2. This is our final 2002 picture. Next time we get to go to 2003. Hmm. So this is, is this our third 2002? Yes. Oh, wow. This is our third 2002, July 2002, a sequel to Men in Black. Although I don't, I don't know if we should be covering this because the credits for this one said it was based on the Malibu comic, not the Marvel oh, comic. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, at this, at the point the movie came out, Marvel had owned Malibu for like eight years, so they hadn't done anything with Malibu, but they did own it. So I think it probably still counts. But I thought that was interesting that they had shifted it back to the Malibu name. Maybe they knew it wasn't as good as the first movie. So uh, we should probably start out. Uh, had everyone seen this before? I think so, but it must have been like once in 2002. I definitely had not seen it before. Oh, really? Yep. First time tonight. Yeah, I know I've seen it, and I'm pretty sure I saw it with you, Adam. I think we're going to get into territory here. We've seen a lot of these movies together in the theater for the next couple of years. Yeah, I know. I saw it in theaters. I had not seen it since until tonight. So this is the second time I watched it. Now, how did this movie do at the box office? It seems like the sort of thing that would just kind of be a slam dunk. Even though, I mean, we'll get to our ratings later, but... It it did pretty well. It was number one for the first two weeks after it opened. Yeah, yeah. Ultimately grossed uh, about $190 million in America and $442 million worldwide. Okay. Nice. So, yeah, it did pretty well. Because I remember going to see this, and I very much doubt we read any reviews for it. I think we just decided we needed to see it. Yeah, because, you know... Men in Black Men in had Black. been so good, so yeah. you're you're willing to extend the courtesy to its sequel, right? I think there's very few sequels where the first movie was good where you don't go see the second movie. Yeah, that's true. I'm trying to think if there's any. Uh, oh, like where it's just like I don't even want it. Like, like I'm like that movie was good. I don't never I never need to see any more. I guess Independence Day is about the only thing that comes to mind. Right. I know I didn't see the sequel. Yeah, me neither. I guess Sin City, although I did see the Sin City sequel, but I know many, many people did not. Real question is, when are they making the Sim City movie? <laughs> I assume it's probably a Sims movie, right? Not a Sim City movie. I imagine a Sims movie would pretty much just be like a Saw sequel. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. That is, yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. So yeah, I know, I know that I had enjoyed Men in Black 1 at the time a lot. And so I was pretty excited to go see the sequel. I was like, oh, yeah, it was great. You know, it can't be that bad, right? Even if it's just like Ghostbusters versus Ghostbusters 2, right? Ghostbusters 2 is okay. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it is absolutely okay. And uh, yeah, this movie opens with uh, Will Smith five years later, apparently just burning through partners. Which I guess is why we don't see the morgue person from the uh, first movie. Oh, yeah. Who she... was his partner at the end. Oh, she wanted to go back to the morgue, though. Well, there's a suggestion that he decided that for her. Oh. Right. But I'd always thought, yeah, he just pushed her out. But then this time I heard the line. I was like, did he kill her? <laughs> <laughs> he sent her back to the morgue. <laughs> I mean, especially if you hadn't seen the first movie. <laughs> I don't know how you would interpret that line. <laughs> yeah. Back to the morgue like, oh, so she was undead and now she's re-dead. <laughs> and yeah, his first partner, T, is Patrick Warburton, who is uh, David Putty and the first live action Tick and Rock Sampson and a whole bunch of other credits. Series of unfortunate events, yeah. Uh, Most recently. I don't know, Family guy. Right, yeah. but shut up. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah, uh, Patrick Warburton in it. 
And then he like immediately gets like neuralized. And so he's he's gone. And I remember being even at the time, I was very disappointed. This movie would have been like way more interesting to me, at least if they had kept him as the idiot partner through (laughs) most of the movie. I remember discussing that with you immediately after the movie was over. We were just so both (laughs) both so disappointed that he wasn't in the movie more. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just I guess I'm not quite sure how to get into this movie, you know, like, where do we start? Yeah. Well, you could start with the massive amounts of exposition telling you what went on in the first movie. That seemed rather pervasive and obtrusive to me. Go on. I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like Frank, the dog, most of what he did in this movie was tell you stuff about, uh, I guess, largely about Kay from the first film. It was like, oh, you don't need to have seen the first Men in Black because we'll tell you everything you need to know. Yeah, there was a lot of, like, re-explaining stuff, but then also trying to dig itself out of the hole that it put itself in after the first movie. It's like, oh, well, we've got to bring back Tommy Lee Jones. And it's, you know, a good third of the way through the movie before they've fully done that. Yeah, this is our second uh, 2002 movie where they have to bring back a <laughs> crucial main character <laughs> who was gone at the end of the first one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We didn't think the movies were going to be that successful. What do you want? (laughs) So who wore it better, Blade or Men in Black? Blade. Blade. Blade, because it was over much faster. It just felt like there was less closure in Blade a little bit, because you were like, yeah, there's no way he's dead. Whereas, like, Men in Black, just, like, that was pretty definitive. Like, it was a good wrapping it all up ending. You really, really expected it to move on, like, new partner in the new movie. Yeah. Tommy Lee Jones had a really happy ending in the end of Men in Black. And then not so much in the beginning of Men in Black (laughs) 2. Yeah, Yeah, I love a sequel that undoes the happy ending. That's always good. (laughs) Oh, we already talked about Last Jedi. (laughs) (laughs) That's actually kind of why I had it on my mind. It's like, like, yeah, so now he's just, he works in a post office lighthouse. His wife left him. Biz Markey works for him. <laughs> Wait, remind me who Biz Markey is? Uh, in the movie or at all? Oh. So in the movie, he's the guy who's beatboxing. Oh, 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 right, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I remember now. He's uh, 80s. Uh, oh, I you. Right. Yeah, yeah. What's the name of that song, though? Just a Friend. Okay, yep. Yeah. So I did I did admittedly enjoy watching Will Smith and Biz Markey beatbox back and forth between yeah. each other. So Yeah, agreed. Yeah. But uh, yeah, they they took a long time to get Tommy Lee Jones back and then he finally got back and so Will Smith could slide back into his wisecracking sidekick role instead of having to be the straight man to the dog, Frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that actually that I, I felt a sense of relief once that happened because I was pretty I was pretty done with like serious mode there. I'm sure Will Smith was happy too when he got done with all the scenes where he had to talk to a dog. I'm like, oh, we'll just CGI in the uh, talking later. <laughs> just deliver your lines to this dog. <laughs> That's still more to talk to than probably anyone in you know episodes one, <laughs> two, or three. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now stare at this green wall. <laughs> yeah, I, I felt like we were sort of at the point where the uh, the filmmakers were they're really at the point where their reach started to exceed their grasp as far as the CG went. <laughs> yeah, where it was just like, yeah. oh wow, the CG is very obviously CG, and particularly coming off Spider Man, where it generally isn't obviously CG. Yeah. Like I was found it very noticeable. I found it very noticeable, too, but I was more thinking in comparison to the first Men in Black, where that one had bad CGI, but like most of it was conventional special effects, and they looked way better. Yeah. Yeah, and when they do finally, you know, and then the moments when they do use it, it's like, you know, it's not frequent enough that it feels like, like it ruins anything, you know, like the, the bug in the first movie, you know, was a little cartoony, but that was more like the character design rather than the... Rather than like, oh, they were going for something crazy ambitious and fell short. Fun fact, the the budget for Men in Black 2 is 
basically the same as the budget for Spider-Man. Oh, really? Wow. So they're they're both at about 140 million. But uh, maybe maybe Will Smith's uh, more expensive than uh, Tobey Maguire. Oh, say yes. <laughs> at that time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Imagine Tommy Lee Jones doesn't come cheap either. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I'll bet you Johnny Knoxville comes cheap. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he just showed up on set. <laughs> I just want to be a part of it. <laughs> I found that character really bizarre and not in like a good way. It's like somebody had a joke of like, oh, he's got a second head in his backpack. And then they were like, well, this is going to be really expensive. So he'd better be in all the shots. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of what it felt like. But like that was part of the CG stuff that I felt just didn't really work that well. So question, did this movie come before or after Terminator 3? I believe before. Terminator 3 is 2003. Okay. That's not about right. So Terminator 3 ripped off Men in Black 2. Terminator 3, yep, 2003. Okay. Uh, which part are you claiming is a ripoff? The uh, wanton female sexuality. Ah, uh, uh, yes. yeah. Although in which, Terminator which, 3, it's played for laughs. Yes. I'll say in th- in this case, I almost wanted like more of that. Like, like I wanted like more <laughs> exploitation of the, the rube humans. And I didn't really get that. Mm, like you wanted people just to be like falling all over themselves because she's so beautiful or whatever. Yeah, and then getting horribly murdered or whatever. Right. Yeah, like but without like, it, it actually like feels kind of weird. Like the guy in Central Park, except that one was just this bizarre humor sequence. Yeah, it's like they just wanted to make sure that Lara Flynn Boyle was wearing various lingerie outfits. And they never came up with a way to really justify it. But uh, another thing that I noticed is that some of the edits in this movie seemed really like weird. Like like this, the ordering of scenes. So, for instance, in the scene with Tony Shalhoub's character down in the basement with the iMac denuralizer thing. Mm-hmm. And then all the all the bounty hunters from Empire Strikes Back bust in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, they start beating up Will Smith and then they're starting to like bend him in half. At which point there's suddenly just like a cut to like. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones regain his memory that lasts like two or three minutes <laughs> before they go back to uh, Will Smith in basically the exact same position in a way that really made it seem like they actually had had just one long scene and then decided to cut it in half and move the Tommy Lee Jones from earlier to a later point in between the cut. Yeah, I know. So that was the first one I noticed. And then the one that really stuck out was like when Lara Flynn Boyle talks to the tall guy who turns out to be like tons of little Three boys in a French coat. Yeah. She's like, Jara, you know, it's been a long time. At which point there's then like 40 minutes of movie, including things where she's like fighting like hilarious CG rip torn and things. At which point then it cuts back to her talking to him about saying like you need to go find them by midnight and you know do whatever right where it really just seemed like that had been part of the earlier scene and then they had cut it and dropped it in way later for some reason so i found really bizarre yeah yeah a really strange editorial decision so this is slightly embarrassing to admit possibly but uh at the end of the movie I didn't actually understand why Rosario Dawson had to go up into space. You know, I have to admit that I uh, was the same way. I was like, wait, what? This suddenly became a sacrifice kind of situation? Yeah. So I think the implication is that the light of Zatanna, the uh, (laughs) stupid sci-fi names. Zartha. So I'm looking at the Wikipedia. Uh, <laughs> the light of Zartha wasn't an object. It was like a person right. all along. It was her. Wait. And, and so like the princess, when she was dying, passed it on to the daughter who may or may not have been Tommy Lee Jones's daughter as well. Right. They left that thing sort of bizarre. But she was going to explode and destroy all life when she Yes. Died. What? I'm not saying it makes uh, sense, but yes. I didn't understand that did not understand that and it was like oh there's this timer and stuff and it's not like she's sick or anything it's just here's some arbitrary time 
the timer might have been that it wasn't it was actually when the pod landed to take her away and it wasn't actually that she was going to explode or destroy things but if they didn't get to the the you know rendezvous point in time she wouldn't be able to return back to zartha or, or return to zartha or something uh, i don't know i mean i i agree with you that it's definitely very muddy hazy plotting there i'm trying to make the best of the situation here because <laughs> Lara flynn boyle definitely thought that there was some reason that she needed to do things quickly whereas if rosario dawson didn't get to the pod nobody figured it out then wouldn't she have all the time in the world i don't know yeah well the pod would be gone so she wouldn't be able to go to the zartha right but is that what Laura flynn boyle wants or what does she want yeah what does she like want? Selena. <laughs> maybe, maybe Laura's her daughter too. Oh, okay. Maybe maybe she's the daughter of the one princess and the snake lady. And this is really just a custody battle. <laughs> That's a more interesting story. Ooh, geez. Didn't realize we were going to get all Judge Judy up in this movie. <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones is Judge Joe Brown. <laughs> I mean, we can either we can either do that or we can deal with the movie that they gave you. And I, it's, I guess it's up to you which one you find more entertaining. <laughs> well, I think you'll find out which one I would find more entertaining when we get to the ratings section near the end of this. Ah. But there's still more to talk about before we get to there. Yeah, and it was... I remember the original Men in Black was very short, but it wore that short runtime very well whereas this one i mean they could have put an extra 10 minutes on it and had it made sense it's like an hour and, i looked it up it's an hour and 28 minutes i Wait, mean you want this you want this movie to be longer no well i mean i guess what i'm saying is that the lack of plot coherence <laughs> wasn't need due- more burger king product placement it couldn't have just been a brevity issue because they had plenty of time they could have added on. It was just it's just a mess. <laughs> I mean, I guess if you want more, why don't you sing a song about what we should have had? When a problem comes wrong, sing a song about it. When I'm on the podcast, I have to sing a song about it. In the middle of a sentence, sing a song about it. Na 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 na. Sing a song about it. Sing a song about it. There we go. Oh, okay. This is the first one we've done in the middle of a uh, Mary Marvel movie march. What's the uh, what's the in the style of? How, how about the first Men in Black song? Okay, but like just the chorus part. You don't necessarily have to rap. Oh, okay. Uh, and this is about what more we should, <laughs> what the next ten minutes of the movie should have been. Or the additional 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, like what plot holes did you need filled? I'd really like to know. Was she Tommy Lee Jones's daughter? <laughs> I'd really like to know. What planet is she going to? <laughs> going to Zartha. They said that. <laughs> What's the planet like, man? <laughs> Is it a desert planet? Or is it like a jungle? So many unanswered questions for the sequel. Wait, so one of your burning plot points, unanswered, was what kind of planet was she going to? (laughs) Yeah. Like, does she even want to go there? Maybe it sucks. (laughs) Maybe Earth is better. We have ten more minutes to see the planet. (laughs) <laughs> if they would have painted a lovely picture of the planet at the beginning of the movie, we would have had something to care about. You know? <laughs> but instead we get Peter Graves. <laughs> Wait, who's Peter Graves? <laughs> he was the one doing the narration for the the video that oh, starts off. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. That, yeah. I was like, I don't remember him in this movie, but you're right. Oh, wait, okay. Here's a question I had. Is so David Cross is back in this, but didn't David Cross die in the first one? Is this a new character? Wait, David Cross was in the first one? Yeah, he was the uh person helping at the morgue, like the receptionist or something. Wow. We did talked about this up, the last did time. Did he end up like mucus to the ceiling? Yes. 
I mean, I still don't remember him, but I vaguely remember the character. Uh, I've just looked it up, and the character shares the same name between the two movies. <laughs> oh, huh. it's apparently so called he, Newton in both. Maybe he survived the first one. Uh, that would explain why maybe he he's into conspiracy theories about aliens. Oh, Ooh. wow! The my score just went up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I actually kind of like for how much of the you know some of these scenes i was like kind of you know didn't find particularly interesting for for whatever reason i actually really kind of liked the david cross scene oh yeah me too but that was kind of a bright spot oh no hold on i've looked up the actual cast not wikipedia uh-huh. uh, he, he doesn't have a name in the first one so it's unclear i guess he could be the same character but he doesn't have to be okay uh one cameo i thought actually worked pretty well was Michael Jackson's cameo. Nobody else, huh? Yeah, I, right. that at the time, like, he kept just sitting there thinking this, like, really works in 2002, but I really had trouble getting in that year. <laughs> yeah. Kind of uh, like well, Johnny Knoxville, like, oh, this was probably a little more... <laughs> yeah, but just the fact that Michael Jackson's willing to do it and he's willing to poke fun at himself, right? By, like, implying he's an alien. Yeah. yeah. I mean yeah. that it it was mostly just that oh wow I haven't thought about Michael Jackson in a while. What? <laughs> what do you mean? You should think about him every wait, day. Wait. R.I.P.M.J. It's been literally days since I've thought about Michael Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> it's too long. Uh, you go home and put Thriller on now. His penance has the best kind of penance. Anyway, it was the Martha Stewart cameo. That was just footage of her, right? I don't think she actually had any lines directed towards the camera. Yeah, I couldn't tell if she was actually doing alieny things or if she was just they were watching Martha Stewart. Oh, I think yeah, they were just watching Martha Stewart. Oh, that's what they have on when they're not having communications. Well, it's better than CNN, right? I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, the airport show you CNN. It's like, oh, uh. I, I don't need to know <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> okay. And if this was 2002, that was before she was indicted. Yeah. Okay. Well, I did read somewhere that uh, this movie, like Spider-Man, uh, was filmed in New York City, you know, in mid-2001, which meant that they had to go back out in and, like, edit out all the World Trade Center shots. Oh. So I think this might end up being the last movie where that happens. But oh, okay. At least as far as our march goes. The uh, the long and troubled production of Ghost Rider didn't run back into 2000. <laughs> yeah, it turns out it did, but it wasn't set in New York, so they were okay. Wait, that's a... Oh, hold on. No, Is that's that a, a real thing? No, that's not a real thing. Okay. We're one up in I never know when I just throw out stuff like that. You'll usually come back with some <laughs> surprising actual fact. <laughs> the more you know... <laughs> Uh, but uh, overall, it just felt like it was checking boxes. Yeah, the feeling Gosh. I had with this one was that it was very, it was a lot more gaggy than the first yes. one. Mm-hmm. Like the first one felt like it was, it like built this world, right? And then put people in it and then did a lot of characterization stuff with those people. Whereas this one, it felt like, I mean, A, it's basically very similar to the same plot of the first one. Right. And that there's some mysterious artifact that someone's trying to find that's going to save the galaxy or destroy the world or whatever. Right. Yeah. Which they they make a uh, nod to at least when he's like, be surprised how it's always some small thing or something like that. Yeah. I'm not sure lampshading that actually solves the problem. (laughs) No, no, no. It just makes you think like, okay, so they should have known better. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, it just seemed like there was just lots of just like sight gags for the sake of having sight gags because they're making a comedy. So, of course, that's what you do, right? Like the the weird mugger who gets eaten and then Lara Flynn Boyle walks out with like the gut and then comes back. And, you know, like that panning to the bush and back constantly. Oh, yeah. 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 Or like Will Smith just repeatedly landing on the pile of clear ductwork yeah, in the, like yeah. fight scene. Yeah, like just lots of stuff that just seemed like gags, either gags because they were in the first movie or gags just because they need to have gags. 
and consequently it just never it never really felt to me like it cohered in a reasonable way yeah let's shoot tony shalhoub's head off twice this time right Right. (laughs) let's have a (laughs) de-neuralizer okay (laughs) did anybody else get the feeling that tommy lee jones's character was way more i don't know more of an old codger way way meaner in this movie like the first one he seems like kind of a a no-nonsense here's the way it is kid kind of thing tells him what to do sort of stuff but this one he just seems angry and bitter and mean about all of it yeah i'd agree with that i mean he he has had a long day so i guess it could partly be that i mean come on he punches will smith in the face in this one jeez Oh, well, yeah. And then Rip Torn does like a flying multiple kick thing. Yeah. To Laura Flynn Boyle. What was that? Like that was just, it just. All over the place, man. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't make sense within, within this universe. <laughs> no. Because he's not an alien. He's just a human. <laughs> and then, yeah, we mentioned Rosario Dawson, but. Yeah. And she was fine. To say, yeah. Yeah. She's fine. Just, yeah. Yeah. Perhaps more important because it's her first sort of Marvel appearance before she becomes a regular in like every Netflix Marvel show. Something about it, like not many of the characters were particularly likable, but at least, you know, she was probably one of the most likable characters in the movie. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think that might be part of the problem with the movie too, right? Is there's not really any characters that you can relate to. Because you can't really relate to Will Smith at this point because he's been doing it for five years. You obviously can't relate to Tommy Lee Jones. You can't relate to Frank, really, because he's a talking dog. (laughs) Mm. Like, who do you relate to? You relate to Rosario Dawson, but she's, let's be honest, she's barely in this movie. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. She's dropped off at the babysitters, essentially. (laughs) Actually, yeah, she's being babysat, like, up until they find her. At the pizza shop, and then they just drop her some. They would drop her off with those other aliens. Right. Should have said about that plot hole. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just now <laughs> thought of it. <laughs> what about the ending? Anybody else have a problem with the ending being so? Like, I mean, I realized that they were probably intentionally doing it, but the the whole parallels with the first movie just kind of like, uh, show me something new, guys. Come on. Wait, so by ending, do you mean the scene? I mean, where like, Rosaria Dawson hey, goes off, or the after that scene, the locker room tag, the locker room scene. Uh, yeah. both, mm. both of those. The, the universeception. Well, let's, uh, uh, let's grab our giant guns and shoot this alien, thus saving the day. Hey, but we got pretty fireworks. Yeah, that felt silly yeah. though, because I mean, they'd shot her before and it wasn't successful. It's like, oh, well, we'll just shoot her again, and this time it's fine. Yeah, we had different guns. Yeah, different yeah guns. There, was, there was like no fun, creative monster. Distri- like every movie with a monster, I feel like there's got to be some kind of creative way to kill it. It's not just like, oh, we got a bigger bomb and we killed Godzilla. Yay, nukes worked or whatever, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that might cause some problems with the thematic undertones of Godzilla. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, just Destroy kidding, guys. It. Atomic power works. <laughs> oh. Hey, there, there's got to be a pro-nuclear Godzilla movie sometime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, the, the locker tag scene thing, like, I was just like, we just freaking did this in the first movie. Come on. Yeah, and well, that was five years earlier. So, like, how does that work with the uni- the meta of the universe? It's just lockers within lockers. Yeah, they're they're in a locker in a train station, and that train station is in a marble that's being used to play marbles. I sorry I didn't bring it up during the editing discussion earlier, but that was probably the worst edit in the whole movie. Was there have been after credit tags before in movies? This is two thousand two, so why not take that scene and put it after the credits? Because that's where that scene belongs, right? <laughs> it's just right. completely separate from anything else, and it's a joke. Like, yeah, and when you just leave it immediately after the final scene, it just does not fit at all. I mean, besides the fact it's not that great of a scene to begin with. Yeah. How common are post-credit scenes? Uh, yeah, like, is there a post-credit scene in Schindler's List? <laughs> no. <laughs> so, I mean, there's first... one in the there's one in the Muppet movie. Oh, okay. Mm. There's one in Airplane. 
obviously there's the Ferris Bueller one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean, I guess, was out by this point. That had some. Yeah, actually, t- the sort of impression I get is that post credit scenes aren't really that common at this point. Oh, in okay. Well, like they're starting to come in, but not really at this point. Mm-hmm. Like no one's sticking around the theater. They're turning on the lights. Right. Like the Ferris Bueller one is literally go home, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, then I guess, you know, some of the material has to uh, hit the cutting room floor. That was <laughs> that was a scene that they could have done without. But how else would we know that, that there's... Running time down further? <laughs> yeah. yeah, now I'm arguing the other way. <laughs> Get it down to a minute 27. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, you mean an hour and 27 or... Yeah, an hour and 27. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was projecting upon the movie. <laughs> I thought a minute 27 was a pretty bold idea. <laughs> Men in Black 2, but every time Will Smith opens his mouth, the movie doubles in speed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I just get to see like the beginning of the movie, <laughs> which I think that would probably make it worse i guess <laughs> guess it needed that running time <laughs> but just so we're clear I, yep. I hate to go back to this but so the universe that we're in you know planet earth is inside a galaxy inside a marble being played with on a game board by aliens but all of that is inside of a locker oh, or like the locker lock- parallel yeah. universes are inside the uh inside the marble Ah, I think the locker's inside the marble. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. It would have to be that way. Okay. Maybe the locker just opens up an alternate dimension. Right. So it's like they already showed us the, you know, they already showed us the higher level universe. It's like you'd think of the second one, you'd need to up the ante, like show where the marble, the marbles are being played, you know. (laughs) Like it just feels like a downgrade. It's not very exciting. That's why I wanted it to like blow my mind, <laughs> but I was probably looking in the wrong place to have my mind blown. <laughs> and then one other thing I wanted to say, just to go back to the gag feeling of this, when Tommy Lee Jones starts fighting the aliens after he gets his memory back and he kicks the guy and it's just like he keep hearing the metal clang. And then Will Smith tells him he's a ball chinian. Oh, yeah. Mm, yeah. A yeah. ball chin ian yeah well i mean it's a it's our trans it's our translation of an unpronounceable alien word so we got to choose what it is we just decided to go with the racist term it wasn't the technical term that was just will smith (laughs) except tommy lee jones knew exactly what he meant oh that's true how would anyone not so descriptive so yeah uh Obviously, this movie not critically acclaimed at the time of release. <laughs> uh, so, would you agree? Do you, do you think that this movie was a, a weaker installment? Do you think it was unfairly panned by critics? In other words, how many Burger Kings out of 10 do you give this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Charlie, let's start with you. Uh, I believe I gave the original Men in Black an 8. Oh, 8.5. I'm going to have to go. What do you need to know? What did I write? Howard the Duck. Three. Three. Ooh. Oh, I'm yes. going to give this a 3.5. Wow. I really wow. was not a fan. I, uh, it's almost making me think fondly of Howard the Duck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it's just the, the problem with this movie is it's such a letdown compared to the other one. There's just nothing original. So even so, I'm gonna stick with that. I just I just I remembered it being bad. I wasn't as upset about Patrick Warburton this time because I knew it was coming. <laughs> but uh just all the confusing plot points and just it just didn't come together for me. What about you, Doug? Ooh, um I'm looking at what I gave the other ones and trying to do it in relation to those. And you know, it's like trying to decide is it on par with Fantastic Four? The unreleased one or Howard the Duck. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna have to go with a five. Put it on par with Fantastic Four. It it was just nothing really gelled. It felt like the whole movie just didn't even need to be made. And man, when you got a movie that's short and 
like not much going on and i get to the end of it and i'm asking myself why like like what was the major plot point here that's just not good so i'm gonna go with five yeah i think i'm gonna agree with you on that i give this a five as well i think it's it's not ineptly made right like it's 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 a competent movie but mostly mostly yeah it's not it by no means is it a perfect movie there's no ob- there's very few obvious shots of just like what on earth were you thinking? Obviously the CG right gets a little problematic, but I actually think that's probably just 2002, right? And I think movies like Spider-Man are actually probably more the exception. I think movies like this are probably closer to how CG was being used around 2002. It feels like it's trying too hard on some level and it, yeah, like you said, it never really gels. Honestly, it ends up being this very dull movie, right? Like, it doesn't yeah. have, like, any real cheesy charm to it. Like, Captain America and the Fantastic Four actually both have that cheesy charm, right? Just their problem is that they're not really competently made. <laughs> <laughs> right? So this is competently made, but it's just so... It just, like, exists. It just sits there as a as an entity, right? It doesn't do much of anything. So I think five is probably pretty... For me, I think that makes the most sense. Yeah. And the sad thing, though, is that it didn't need to be. <laughs> it was yeah. pretty successful anyway. I mean, I guess that might have been the reason for the delay for so long for the third movie. However, yeah. <laughs> 10 yeah. years later. Yeah, I, I, I also wonder what it would have been like, you know, if they had actually had Patrick Warburton for longer as the dumb partner. Like that might have potentially been more interesting a movie. But it was like, yeah. oh, well, we need to get Tommy Lee Jones back. So let's just, you know, we get rid of this person as soon as possible so we can get to the dog scenes. It's like, uh, <laughs> I mean, they really like the dog gag. Let's do that one again. Yeah. You know, but I can imagine a version where they're it's Patrick Warburton and Frank together. Right. Like that could have been a much better movie. And Will Smith trying to deal with both of them. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, five for me. Five Burger Kings. Paul? You know, it is it is tough. Like, I, you can't really judge this independently of, you know, the first movie, which is so great and I rated so highly. But I think I'm going to have to go with four and a half Burger Kings. Because wow. that is, oh, it's exactly half of uh, my original rating. For Men in Black, yeah. Yeah. Which I know it's, it's it's my most scathing review ever, which yes. you know, your, might your not least be favorite Marvel movie yet. <laughs> might not yeah. be fair at all. Like I'm probably I'm you know looking back through these ratings and I'm gonna be like you know these are more just how I felt at the time kind of ratings rather than some sort of system. Just thinking back to how much fun the first movie is and seeing like it almost like makes the first movie seem less good to watch this. Not because it was like, I don't know, I didn't hate it, but I just felt like, you know, the characters weren't endearing at all. And they were already characters that I endeared, you know, so just yeah. kind of fell, fell flat. So, yeah, that's that's going to set the set the floor for a whole bunch of really scathing reviews from now on. <laughs> I'm really serious about this now, guys. <laughs> yes, yes, uh, Men in Black is a full two and a half uh, points lower than 1990 Captain America. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you got to save some room at the bottom for Electra and Ant Forster. You don't have to. (laughs) You could just go negative. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just start my own scale. Like Ghost Rider's going to get an 11. (laughs) (laughs) Ghost Rider 2 is a 15. (laughs) But that just indicates the age I think I should have been to when I watched it. (laughs) 15 is the ideal age for Ghost Rider 2. Uh, But one thing we have to talk about before we we leave, and that's our Mary Marvel Solnoff. This time our contender is Black Suits Coming, Nod Your Head by Will Smith featuring... Traynox? Is that how you say this? Someone who doesn't actually have a Wikipedia article, so I don't know mm. who that is. Or if that's like a conglomerate. But yeah. Try all music. Uh, 
it looks like just about every song is featuring Will Smith. So maybe this is what Jaden was going under for a while. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> when he was like, what, eight? <laughs> if that. How old is Jaden Smith? Oh, he would have been four years old when this came out. But anyway, uh, a song which went all the way up to number 77 on the Billboard Hot 100. Oh. Yeah, they only have the yeah. Billboard Hot 100 chart. No word about like any of the other charts. I mean, it charted. Made it up to number four in Germany. <laughs> no. Oh, wow. Really? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Number, number three in the UK. Huh. Oh, they, I mean, they really get into that head nodding. It was really uh, something. Yeah. It's not a it's not a bad song. And it and it also does the nice thing of telling you what the movie was about. That's true. <laughs> Check it. Yo, there's this chick, right? Serlina making me sick, right? Earth is worthless to her. She be tripping like threatening me and my men's trying to get the light, thinking she's super women, the black kryptonite, finishing whatever you start, son. The best looking crime fighter since myself in part one. Better act right, play nice, and sing along because K is back and he hyped. What? Bring it on. <laughs> I kind of I kind of wish we had just listened to the song instead of watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And it tells you to nod your head. That's like how you dance with the song. Right. It's got multiple things going for it. I am the man in black. I'm back breaking the back of the random attacker. So can the flack, yo. I'm dangerous. I've been trained to bust when a stranger fuss trying to endanger us. Praise me, y'all. Don't nothing phase me, y'all. When they see me, they gauge be all crazy, y'all. They say I'm a myth. Trust me, if somebody rip out of the depths of your imagination appears Will Smith, black suit, the black shades, the black shoes, black tie with the black attitude, new style, black Ray-Bans, I'm stunning, man, new hotness, pitch black, 600, man. Don't you understand what you thought I wouldn't come again? Leave you hanging without bringing you the fun again? Tangling with the alien scum again? Mind your manners of the black suits running in. Nod your head. That's some good verse. Yeah. Yeah. Not bad. So where do we think it lands? Let's say just relative to start out relative to men in black. Better. Uh, It's probably not as good as men in black for me, but I like men in black. I didn't really care for men in black. Yeah. Song. I guess everyone's different, but for me, men in black, I, I like men in black. This isn't quite up to the level of men in black. It's not quite as, it's not quite as catchy. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. I, I feel the same way. I just didn't. I don't know. Maybe I'm just not as much of like the the of a rap rock fan as you know that like that nice bass lick you know from uh, what was the original song? Forget me, not the sample or whatever that they used. Oh, I don't know for that. Yeah, it's like I think that's why I'm, that that's the reason the original Men in Black song I think is so good is because it's. Uh, based on Patrice Russian's Forget Me Nots. I was not aware of that. I thought it was wholly original. Wow, okay. Yeah, no. Uh, 1982. So we may need to start keeping track of where we're rating all of these songs relative to each other. <laughs> Maybe like an individual ratings. Sorry, I just pulled up Black Suits Come and Nod Your Head and played it at half speed. <laughs> oh. And, and it's pretty amazing. <laughs> But now I gotta uh, do double speed and see what happens. And now you gotta send us the link, yeah. Send us the link. All right. We're just like, not your head! Oh my god! Double speed is amazing! (laughs) Yes! Wow. Sounds almost like Scott. It's wow. Wow, this makes it into like the the Tech Nine featuring Busta Rhymes version of the song. <laughs> right. Like I feel like I'm doing. Uh, anyway, uh, this song's definitely better than Hero for me. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Probably better than Home of the Brave. Honestly, sorry, Paul. <sighs> uh, uh, you know, everybody's got got. Uh, Different strokes. Everyone's got wrong opinions. (laughs) (laughs) I 
I think for me, it's uh, Howard the Duck, Men in Black, Black Suits Coming, Home of the Brave, Hero. I think that's it, right, so far? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess there was the industrial rock song that ended the Captain America serial, but... Wait, You're not listening to industrial rock just all the time? I was... I was kind of making it like, given the time period of the serial, I like made industrial rock different. <laughs> I was like, oh, so it's like proto Bob Seeger. Like, <laughs> it's just it's Marilyn Manson, but with a big band feel. <laughs> the beautiful people, the beautiful people. <laughs> So that's my opinion. What about everyone else? Oh, like the ranking top to bottom? Or just where, where, do you, where do you think this fits in? You know, do you like this song? You don't necessarily have to rank them if you don't want to. I'm pretty much going to take the same order as you, Adam. And that includes Nod Your Head at twice speed <laughs> and Home of the Brave at what was that? 1.25? Yeah, 1.5. 1, 1. 1. 5, 5, something. Yeah. <laughs> I think we get to choose the optimal speed for each song. <laughs> it really makes the rankings like difficult you know because <laughs> some songs you like at multiple speeds but like where do those rank you know like which is the definitive speed <laughs> yes now i gotta do hero at half speed oh Ooh. oh gosh that feels like it would be rough wow it's it's just basically pure i just did it it's basically just pure distortion it's just fuzz the whole time. It's, it's got like that country twang feel to it in the in the vocals. Yeah, Wait. there's like there's like kind of that auto tune. Yeah. Is that for two times or 1.5? You're saying? No, 1.5. Yeah. 1.5. Yeah, like going back down, starting from two and stepping down to normal. Like normal is so slow. <laughs> I was like, it was really this slow. Like I knew it was slow. Wait, is this song in three? Yeah, I mean, I like to think of this as just like a really trudging along, like six eight, you know, with the it, tuple feel. <laughs> either way, you could. <laughs> And now we're all going to waltz to Hero <laughs> by Chad Kroger featuring Josie Scott. Ah, that should have been the first dance at my wedding. <laughs> <laughs> you should tell Cara that. <laughs> we got to uh, retcon our wedding. <laughs> we can definitively say that uh, Black Suits is a better song than Hero. Well, that probably about wraps it up for this edition of the Gobeski Wall Support. My name is... Adam Gobeski. And I'm Charlie Wallace. And we had two guests with us today, and they are... Doug Gobeski. And I'm Paul Wilcox. And join us next time for our 13th installment and the, the second part of our March Madness, the 2003 movie Daredevil. Ooh. Ooh. I'm excited. I've never seen it. You've never seen Daredevil? I've never seen Daredevil. Oh. Well, you're going to oh. see it twice. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Oh, right. I guess we should discuss that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I'm assuming, and by us, I'm assuming, I mean, I personally don't want to watch both versions back to back and then do a podcast. No. <laughs> you don't have. Sounds like hours? we would have just a really low energy podcast by that point. <laughs> Aren't we yeah. doing two separate podcasts for that, Adam? <laughs> one for the first version and then another one for the second version. I wasn't planning on it, but if you want, I guess no. we can. No, no, no. We Ooh. should no, no, do no, no, two no. separate ones, and in the second <laughs> one, we pretend that we didn't even do the first one. Alternate universe takes? <laughs> Paul, are you talking like a sort of clue situation? <laughs> but depending on when or where you download it, you get a different <laughs> different version? Yeah, exactly. You just get, you know... So that way, when, you know, the listeners are comparing and contrasting the, uh, you know, the, well, they're talking about it to each other out there on the street. <laughs> they're, they're really, you know, uh, they're really questioning if they were listening to the same podcast. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. <laughs> I'm not sure our uh, our listener numbers are that high. <laughs> That's our show. Don't forget, you can check us out on Facebook. Just like the Gobeski Wallace Report. And you can also follow us on Twitter at GW Report. And check out our website, thegobeskywallsreport.com. That's probably the important bit. Well, yeah, I guess all the other links are there. So <laughs> if you remember one thing, remember that. Not your name. But GobeskyWallsReport.com. <laughs> More important than your name. There's a third Fifty Shades movie out. <laughs> Wait, already out? Yeah. It's, it's plastered what? all over IMDb. That's why. I How noticed. did I miss that? 52 Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, I'll tell you who's not happy about that. Mara, I assumed you were going Stephanie to Meyer. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh, do you think Stephanie Meyer really cares that much, though? Well, really? I don't. Okay. I don't think she cares that much. I mean, there's not a whole lot of. She's actually a fairly private person. Right. Not like super, but you know, she she didn't really ask to get such a spotlight from writing these books. Well, I mean, aside from, you know, the natural things that happen when you, your yeah, yeah, books yeah. make we, it big, yada, yada. We got your prevarication. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I don't, I don't, she doesn't hold it against it. And it's actually, some people say she's kind of like, it's a really good thing she did for the fan fiction world in general to not go after the Fifty Shades movies legally, because it could potentially set a precedent against fan fiction in general. So, yeah, I can see that she right, doesn't, that kinda... she wishes it wasn't, you know, material that it was, that it is, but she's, you know, can't do anything about it or doesn't. And also doesn't see it reflect on her work. Yes. I did watch a 20 minute video called dear Stephanie Meyer <laughs> <laughs> a video essay by one of my now new favorite YouTubers, Lindsay Ellis, who uh, actually has a decent video about men in black too. Which I no. made this mistake of watching before I watched Men in Black 2. <laughs> oh, so now I'm going to be extra critical. <laughs> oh.